0: Alternative perspectives and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Michelle meyer Michelle is recently announced as CEO of Dress for Success Worldwide, the leading global nonprofit employment resource for women. Michelle will lead the organization's 145 affiliates in 23 countries to propel its mission to help women achieve economic independence through a network of support, professional attire, and the tools they need to thrive in work and life. What I appreciate most about you, Michelle, is your engaging style. You're immediately likable, impressive, and exude goodness. Welcome to ROG, Michelle.
1: Oh, thank you, Shannon. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for that just kind and generous introduction.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's this is the tip of the iceberg. So our listeners, check out her her bio and profile in the show notes. I would love for you to just share a little bit about your background, like where you were raised, some key steps on your journey to now.
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I never, I never know how to answer the question about where I'm raised because I spent the first 18 years of life in, in New York. I grew up in Long Island, actually born in Brooklyn, and then ultimately spent middle school and high school in Long Island, And my parents moved me to Jersey when I was in college. Um, And I've been here ever since. So I live in Jersey. I'm in central New Jersey in the Princeton area. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mom to three amazing sons, Miles, Marcus, and Mason. Um, They are, one's almost 24, one just turned 21. And my youngest son will be 20 this month. Um, And my husband and I are now empty nesting. And I love being with my family, I love to travel, and I absolutely love sports. I'm a sports fanatic. um, And I also, over the course of my career, have just had a passion around supporting other people. So started my career as an employment attorney with the the dream of creating equitable, inclusive workplaces for everyone, um, and quickly discovered that litigation wasn't my thing. So I kind of transitioned and took my employment law skills into an HR kind of talent development and support, supporting diversity efforts kind of direction. And I've been in that space ever since. And so to land this really great job as Chief Executive Officer of Dress for Success Ro- Worldwide is just incredible because now I almost feel like it's the culmination of all of the things I've learned throughout the course of my career all in one job, and it's a job that has me doing exactly what I set out to do from the very beginning. So I feel very, very blessed, um, humbled, and grateful to be given this opportunity to lead this organization. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy, I'm blessed, and I'm just going to try to do my best to uh, support the community.
0: Oh, without a doubt, and thank you for that. I think that's so important to recognize how these steps along our journey can really lead us somewhere. And all of those experiences are informing your mindset and your awareness of what to look out for and what are some of the opportunities and how to partner with people. So I think that's a really great great culmination of a lot of information for us to appreciate about what has led you to this place. So you have recently Started this role. And what are some of your observations so far?
1: Oh my God, it's been, it's been, this Friday will be two months and it has been incredible. So the first observation is oh boy, what an amazing group of affiliates. Um, We have, like I said, over 140 affiliates around the world. And what just blows my mind is the ability of these organizations to navigate through a pandemic, right? So, Dress for Success for its last 25 years has really been, you know, an in-person operation. So, you know, the women we serve come through our front doors and we serve them face-to-face. All of our programming was face-to-face. You know, think about it, a woman coming in for clothing and suiting, it's all done face-to-face in our fitting rooms, in our career centers. And then suddenly we had to pivot. And being a nonprofit with limited resources, you know, trying to figure out a way to pivot with limited dollars, I mean, it's just amazing to me. We managed to do it for two full years and to find ways to be creative, to go online, to take our services to the community, to the women. So that has been one of the biggest aha moments for me is just how impressive this group of leaders is. Um, And I'm really excited to see what's going to come. I'm, I'm literally just planning for the future and planning for what does Dress for Success, you know, now 25 years and beyond going to look like as we navigate in this new reality of the way of work coming around the other side of the pandemic. And I mean, even something as simple as um, our suiting services, you know, for 25 years, you know, people have known us as the place where you, you know, you drop off your suits, but guess what? People aren't just wearing suits to work anymore. Right. So even as we reimagine what kind of clothing we need for the women that we serve, we need a diversity, a diverse array of clothing for our women. And the same thing with our career services. You know, we offer, you know, uh, job prep skills, interview training, resume support, mock interviews, mentorship, alumni networks, if you will, for women who come through our program. So there's all the support that we offer And it really does all come back to us being able to wrap our arms around women and me being surrounded by folks both on the worldwide team and in the affiliates whose sole job and sole care is about the women we serve. So it's awesome. So,
0: you know, you've had a lot of work experience. You've been in several different organizations like Major League Baseball, KPMG, Prudential Financial. So what are some of the ways that you have seen generosity in the workplace through the course of your career?
1: Yeah, so so I've seen it a, a bunch of different ways. And I actually want to take this question and answer it two ways. I think the first way I want to answer it is how I've seen generosity over the past couple of years, right? So, I mean, the past couple of years have been horrific. Um, the pandemic, and if you recall, you know, right at the top of the pandemic we were also dealing with all of these social justice issues right we had black lives matter movement based on things that were happening to the black community we had you know stop asian hate you know based on all of the targeting that was happening in asian communities being accused of bringing the pandemic to the states um and we continue to have you know a horrific situation around you know folks in the lgbtqi community so you know, we we were navigating all of this. And it was painful. It was stressful. People were trying to figure out, like, how the heck am I supposed to navigate my daily lives? And the way I saw generosity show up during all of that was really different than anything I've ever seen before. Um, I saw, and I tried to myself constantly demonstrate giving people grace and space every single day. So, You know, we're working virtually. We're worried about all of these things. So, you know, I saw leaders do things like always start a meeting, any team meeting with a check in. And I do that to this day, right? You start your meeting with a check in and you ask your people, before we start this meeting, how's everybody doing? You know, and you can do a quick go around the room, depending on how big the the virtual room is. Or, you know, you can just generally ask folks, hey, give me a thumbs up if you're good. And just reminding people that there are resources there for them if they need them. But taking that moment to check in, I think really, really matters. I've also seen generosity in that as people are navigating all of the stuff um, that has come out of these unfortunate situations, leaders have been more flexible with their teams, not just with respect to, you know, work hours and work locations, but generous with respect to flexibility on assignment due dates and timelines on projects and job sharing, you know, and and just being more agile with people around the way they work, it's been really, really critical. And I think for the first time, I've seen more empathetic leadership than I've ever seen before. And again, remember, I'm an employment lawyer, right? So my entire career in HR and, and legal in particular you know, I usually was responding to a manager who was not being humane at all to his or her employees. Well, now, fast forward, you know, over the last two years, I've seen more generosity, kindness, you know, and empathy than ever before. So I would say that generally with respect to the last two years, but just overall in the workplace, you know, I see generosity when people. Um, engage with each other and are purposely inclusive of one another, right? So for example, I've been in many spaces where, you know, you'll see a leader walk down the hall and the leader is, you know, getting ready to go to lunch and the leader will ask not just one person who's his or her friend, but whoever's there, hey, I'm going to go down to the cafeteria. Would anyone like to join me? Like being generous to invite and include everybody I think is great. I also think that you'll see generosity when folks are collaborating with one another and engaging with one another to share information and ideas. Um, That is absolutely an act of generosity because I will tell you over the years, I've seen people not share, not collaborate, hoard information, um, and that's not in any way generous at all. So I think creating that environment of inclusivity, creating an environment um, of collaboration Uh, and innovation. I think those are some of the, the key ways that I've seen it. And I think finally, you know, again, just pitching in and offering to help someone where you see they're struggling, whether it be over the last two years or at any time, you know, just pitching in to help out and checking in with people to make sure that they're okay. That's, those are some of the different ways I've seen it show up.
0: When we come back, Michelle will share about the silver lining of the pandemic.
1: Hello, I'm Joe Panfield, president and CEO of the T. Howard Foundation. We fulfill our mission to increase diversity in the media industry by offering college students paid internships with major media companies. As a result of their internship experience, nearly 200 of our interns are hired every year in communications, marketing, and even on-air talent. For more information about our program, visit t-howard.org.
0: And we're back with CEO of Dress for Success Worldwide, Michelle Meyer Shipp. And I love what you're saying about grace and space, really giving people the opportunity to be and to process and whatever it is that they need. We could really create environments where there is more of that conscious inclusion, that open, you know, how do we open up the seats and make sure that everybody feels like they've got one if they want one. I really think that's going to be the change that we're going to see because I think that leaders are much more committed to this now than ever. And maybe that is an an a byproduct of the pandemic where we've got to prioritize differently.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a silver lining. Silver lining. It definitely is a silver lining. I mean, I nobody used to talk about empathetic leadership, you know, nobody used to really talk about soft skills. And, you know, that's, I live and breathe that, you know, I live and breathe it. It is so important. I mean, people are, people are dealing with a lot. Every single day is something new. Now we have a war, you know, we had a shooting in the city in Brooklyn yesterday and in a subway. I mean, every time you turn around, it's something. So we really have to, like you said, treat our people and respect them as human beings. Um, before we jump into the work.
0: Yes, oh, for sure. And the, the example that you gave about the leader going to lunch and saying, hey, I'm going to grab something to eat. Would anybody like to come? What are some other practical ways that you have seen inclusion activated, you know, because I think we are learning a lot about inclusion and equity. But I think that there might be a missing link here of some practical application.
1: That was a good example. Do you have others? So, uh, so I'll tell you this. So I, have, I have a general tip that I give people all the time on this one. And it is this. If you're a leader of people, I mean, any, this, this could apply to anybody. But in particular, if you're a leader of people, you always need to be thinking about who am I missing? I mean, if you literally just start with that one question for every employee action, you will take a step towards being inclusive. So, for example, you're having that team meeting, you know, you're on Zoom and you've got the people who always talk and never stop talking, which drives me nuts. Um, It's like, can you give somebody else a chance to speak? Right. So so but you've got two or three people who never say a word in the meeting and they're just sitting there staring at the camera, a leader, a good leader who is really trying to be inclusive will literally say to those people, so, hey, Shannon, what are your thoughts on this? You know, hey, Michelle, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Hey, you've been kind of quiet. What are you thinking? You know, I see your wheels spinning. Do you have some ideas, right? So it is, who am I missing? So in that meeting, who am I missing? I have not heard Shannon's voice, and I have not heard Michelle's voice. And you know what? Granted, they might not have something to say, but at least I'll ask so they don't feel like I didn't recognize their presence. Um, And then you get get really tactical about it when you think about um, recruitment, when you think about succession planning, when you think about promotions, um, thinking about who am I missing. So as you're looking at a cast of candidates for a job, if you have all one of anything, whether it be all one gender, all one race, all, it's like, wait a minute, who am I missing? And where else should I have posted this job um, to get a diverse array of job candidates? So, you know, I could go on and on with, with examples, but I think that the, the core premise of inclusive leadership is thinking about who am I missing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and who do I need to engage and, and make sure I pull in here.
0: For sure. Yes. And we had a guest recently, Fred Moss, who spoke about universal design. And he was suggesting that anytime anything is being built, designed, particularly, you know, construction project, to always make sure that you have a person with disabilities in the conversation. So it's not an aftermath.
1: Well, it's actually funny you said that. I remember working at one organization that we built out a new building the building was beautiful. It was It's right down the street from where the, the original building was. And I remember one day the head of facilities called me up. I was leading diversity there at the time. And he says, Michelle, I want you to come on over to this building and take a walk through with me and let me know if you think, you know, we've addressed all the things we need to address from a disabilities perspective. And I said, well, you know what? I said, I am fully able-bodied. I can walk, you know, I can see, I can hear, thank God. I said, but why don't we get some of the members of our Abilities in Motion BRG to join us for the walkthrough, okay? Because I don't know what I don't know about their experience. And I said to the leader, and neither do you, right? So we invited three of these folks to come on over with us from the BRG. We walked the building. And will I tell you, they literally identified six issues, six major issues. And so it was actually funny because the project leader said, but you know we've we, we've done all the things that the ADA requires, and I looked at I looked at her and I said, Yeah, that's great. But our employees who actually will be sitting in this venue are telling you that they can't reach the sink if they're in a wheelchair. They're telling you that in this room, as it's in this big conference room as it's currently constituted, the wheelchair cannot squeeze between the tables, and this is a fire hazard right? So all these little things and they were like, wow, great point. So again, in the spirit of being inclusive and having these voices, we were able to actually address issues proactively and not reactively.
0: Yes. And that who am I missing? That key question is so helpful because if it's a situation like that, if it's a meeting, a decision, you talked about innovation earlier, right? You're you're solving a problem or you're designing something, you know, making sure that you have the perspectives of all of the different people that you hopefully have access to in your own employee base. That's another thing is, you know, um, do you have representation? Because that's what the world looks like. So, you, you know, in your amazing career, what are some of the ways that you have personally experienced generosity?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, I've had people be incredibly... I've had people be generous to me with their time. And I mean that with respect to the people who have mentored me. I've had so many great mentors along the way who really, really busy people. I mean, super busy people who took the time to meet with me, you know, twice a month, once a month, whatever it may be to take my call whenever I had to like run something by them. And to this day, I I have what I describe as a board of mentors and I can call on them at any time for any reason, 24-7, and they're always, they always respond to me in that way. I've also been fortunate enough to be the recipient of kind of that act of leadership inclusion when it's like, well, hey, Michelle, what do you think? Or, hey, Michelle, you know, there's this meeting later today, and I really think you should be in the meeting. Um, so I've had people do the exact kind of outreach to me that I just described that leaders should do for their employees, and so it's, I've, I've learned it by watching it happen to me in a host of ways. And then I think I've been, I think the, the most exciting thing for me too is I have received generosity. I don't know how to say this. Um, I've had leaders give me opportunities that they didn't have to give me, right? So So for example, when I, Um, was leaving the practice of law. When I made a decision to leave the practice of law, you know, my mentors put the word out that I was looking to leave the practice of law. And I had a leader who was working in state government. He was the commissioner of the Department of Labor. Great guy. And he called me in. We met. He goes, you know, he goes, I actually think you really could do this job. And you know what? I want to give you a shot at this job. He didn't have to do that. Um, So he was generous with me with an opportunity that set me on a course for my career, I don't think I'd be sitting here today if it weren't for Al Kroll. right? So so generosity with opportunity, um, I think has also been something that has benefited me, benefited me throughout my career. And again, I'm incredibly grateful for it.
0: Yeah, and your, your point about time, right? Time is all we have. And for people who have offered you some and have given you an opportunity to go for something or they've supported you in something that you'd like to do or gave you encouragement. You know, that makes me think that you're someone who they would want to do that for, you know, there's somebody that is sponsorable. Often yes. people talk about yeah. finding a sponsor, but I think it's yeah. a twofold thing, right? You have to be sponsorable. So what yeah. is something that, I mean, you know, this might even not be a conscious thing for you, perhaps it is, but what are some of the things that you're deliberate about in your life, both be that professional and personal, that would make you sponsorable?
1: I'll tell you what I am intentional about is being open to feedback. Um, And I think that absolutely makes you sponsorable. Um, I want to know how I'm doing, good and bad, right? And I will tell, I'll I'll even tell, you know, members of my team all the time, like, tell me if I mess up. I'm going to mess up. I'm a human being. Let me know if I've made a mistake. I'm not perfect. Um, So I think what makes me sponsorable is the openness to feedback, um, my openness to taking on different and stretch opportunities. I mean, I'll tell you when I was at Prudential um, and I made a pivot there from being an in-house employment lawyer to leading global diversity and inclusion, it was because somebody who I didn't even know was sponsoring me noticed that I was always willing to raise my hand and take on the stretch opportunity always willing to raise me and, and did on multiple occasions. And it was through me demonstrating my ability to, hey, I'll take that project. Hey, I'll lead that global cro- cross-functional team on this brand new project. They're like, wow, okay, like she's really, she's really committed and loyal. And so, you know what? We're gonna give her this opportunity. So I think, I think that would be the way I would respond to that question. I'll tell you something, I, I learned a lot from every organization I worked at. But when I, learned a, I learned a lot about that concept of we and not I when I worked for Prudential. I, mean, I spent a lot of time in Japan. Um, and the culture there is a we culture at the workplace, right? And I remember making that concerted kind of focus for me always being the we and not the I, right? The us, not my. It makes a difference. It really makes a difference because then everybody... Is engaged, everybody has ownership and everybody feels connected.
0: For sure. And that we, you know, that's about uh, engagement and collaboration and being personable. I think that's something that you model really well. Authenticity, you know, being your true self and really inviting others to bring that authentic self to work as well. You know, I know that you believe that that goes a long oh, way yeah. when people are just being oh, yeah. fully themselves, right?
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing better than authenticity and transparency. And I think, you know, it's funny, I, and I, I learned this from a couple of other leaders I watched along the way. The leaders that were the most authentic, the leaders that were transparent, and the leaders who weren't afraid to say, you know what, I don't know the answer to this. Um, so, you know what, team, let's figure this out. I mean, I actually just had a conversation about something like this with my own leadership team yesterday. I said, look, guys, I don't have the answer. I don't know what the right thing is to do here. So I need you all to tell me your ideas. Um, and I re- and it's funny because two of them wrote me back instantly and they had great ideas. And you could tell they'd been sitting on these ideas. And I was like, wow, I'm glad I asked. I don't know if they would have told me if I hadn't asked. But, you know, be transparent, be be vulnerable, be yourself. And, you know, I think what I say to folks all the time is if you work somewhere where you can't be that, then maybe you don't need to work there and Mm -hmm. maybe they don't deserve you.
0: Absolutely. So one of your life mottos, Michelle, is to live life to the fullest. I love that. I'd love to hear you
1: say a little bit more about (sighs) what that means to you. So it means to me that tomorrow is not promised on any given day, anything can happen. I think we've all seen that over the last couple of years. So I really try to take stock in every day um, to be present where I am. So, I mean, people will get annoyed with me at times because I am not great, for example, on email. Um, You know why? Because if I'm in meetings all day, then I'm in meetings and I'm focused on those meetings and I'm focused on the people I'm talking to. I'm being there to my fullest, being engaged. I'm not talking to you and multitasking, looking at emails, right? So I try to really maximize the moment every day and enjoy it and find joy. It also means to me, candidly, I mean, we work hard. We all work really hard. I work hard. I work really long days. I work nonstop. So guess what? I love to travel. I take my vacation. Like, I'm gone. Like, I'm planning my vacations. I want to take my time. I want to spend time with my family, right? So I always am thinking about and living life to the fullest, That means fulfilling work, but it also means fulfilling personal life with family, friends, and loved ones. So my husband will tell you, he's like, Michelle, my God, how far out are you going to plan? Like, you're planning everything, every trip, every adventure. And I'm like, yeah, because if with three young adult sons, if we don't get it on the calendar now, it's never going to happen. So I'm always trying to just find those ways um, to enjoy and to focus and to really cherish the relationships um, and the engagements that I have with folks every single day.
0: Oh, thank you. And I think that's important to remember about, you know, goals are dreams with a plan. Yes. So you had the dream of this family time and these different experiences and places you'd like to visit. So you're planning them. That's right. It's <laughs> also a good takeaway for us. And just a reminder of being in the moment. Thank you for really giving us this time and attention and for sharing some of your lived experiences and encouragement. This has been such a joy to connect with you.
1: Oh, Shannon, thanks for having me. This has been great. And I tell you, it's a great conversation to have, and it's a timely conversation to have, right? As we try to navigate this weird reality we're in. So I just, I wanna thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate you know, all the work that you're doing here. So thank, thank you.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Our OG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Michelle shared so many nuggets. Two things that we can put into practice immediately is the team check-in and the key question, who am I missing? Team meetings this week, don't forget to start with a check-in how's everyone doing? There is a lot going on. We're all juggling so much and have a wide range of emotions on any given day. So how's everyone doing? Take a minute to find out. And the key question, who am I missing? Who is invited to this meeting and who else should be invited? Who is sharing and contributing to this discussion, project, initiative? Who else should be sharing? Who am I missing? Voices, attendance, representation, recruitment, succession planning, promotion. Who am I missing from this list of high potential talent who are receiving coaching, mentoring, and sponsorship? That's a key indicator in where a company's priorities are. Who is being mentored, coached, and sponsored? Who do I need to engage, pull in, hire, promote, focus on? Look around the physical or virtual room, look at the attendee list, Look at the project leads and the voices represented. Recognize who's missing and recruit and invite them. So this week, check in with your team and hear how they're doing and ask that key question, who am I missing? Join us next week for our kickoff to Pride Month with special guest H. Walker, DEI and Leadership Development Officer for Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Until next week, stay inclusive and generous, everyone.